All right, good morning for Oaks Church. It is Pastor Paul. It's Tuesday, May 9th. So glad that you have joined us for this round of our pastoral devotionals. We are walking through the Gospel of Matthew, and of course, we are smack dab, that's an East Tennesseeism, smack dab in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon discourse in the ever delivered in uh, human history, I believe. So, of course, Jesus is the preacher, and the Sermon on the Mount is essentially an invitation into the good life, into the happy life, the flourishing life. Jesus says, if you, if you want to be a part of my kingdom, and if you want to be happy, if you want to be flourishing, then align yourself with my kingdom, its values, its priorities, its trajectories. And of course, it's all backwards, all right? It's all upside down, because Jesus says things, if you want to be happy, then think less of yourself. If you want to be happy, then give more of yourself. If you want to be happy, then turn your other cheek. And if you want to be happy, you know, they're, 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 all these things are seem to be, are, in fact, they are countercultural, right? But they are embedded with the wisdom of God, and they come with that sort of rich wisdom given to the people of God who want to, by faith, trust in and walk with Jesus, who is king who is giving us his directives, his vision for our lives. So we are up to Matthew 6. And I think um, yesterday, as I sort of introduced this section to you, let me tell you um, again how, how I think this marks a new section in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has been ex ex uh, expositing the law, the Old Testament law, and, and then correcting it, rightly applying it um, in Matthew 5. And now he's going to really press in on sort of those spiritual disciplines in our life, those things that we do in secret, okay? Uh, those things that we do before God, those things that are that might be hidden from others, but which are very visible to God. And so if you look, turn in your Bibles to Matthew 6, 1 through, let's call it 18, uh, is such a section. And there seems to be three things that Jesus is wanting um, us to key in on, okay? He, three, three practices. One, there is the, the giving to the poor or giving to the needy. Um, then there is prayer. And then there is fasting, okay? So th those are the three areas Jesus wants to talk about. We're going to, to consider them all at once in our sermon this coming Sunday because they all fit as a piece of the whole, okay? Now, one thing we are going to do, you're going to notice that embedded in this section is the Lord's Prayer. And this is sort of a, subscript is not the right word, or parenthetical thought is not the right word either, but this is sort of an expanded teaching in the area of prayer. So you'll notice the section on giving to the needy, one through four is shorter. You'll notice that the section on 16 through 18 on fasting is shorter, but this section on prayer is longer. So we're gonna look at, from a high level view, fasting, prayer, and, and giving this coming Sunday. Then we're going to come back and spend several weeks on the actual Lord's Prayer itself because it deserves that. So, but what we want to do today is I want to, I want to camp out in verses 1 through 4, giving to the needy. Now, as we said before, verse 1 um, of, of chapter 6 is the headlining verse 
uh, for this section. Let me read it for us. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. So, so that's the headliner verse, right? It's Jesus here is going to be all about not just what we do, but why we're doing what we're doing. That there is a way to do, quote unquote, externally the right things, but with a wrong heart, with a wrong motivation, it is not honoring and glorifying to God. And so he addresses giving here first. Let, let, let's read the three verses. Start at verse two. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you are giving to the needy, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. So let's talk about this idea of reward first, okay? Um, and, and there's really, and again, I haven't really, I'll be honest with you, fully delved into this passage for this coming Sunday. I'm doing it. You're seeing it in real motion right now. So, so here is something we want to explore, okay? What does it mean to receive reward here? Okay, um, what does it mean to be rewarded in the kingdom? That's going to be important because remember, Jesus says earlier, uh, remember, and that um, he's talking about the scribes and the Pharisees. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, he, says, he says things like um, pertaining to reward, um, uh, you know, you're, you're, you, there will be no reward for you um, if you aren't doing these things from the heart. So what we want to know, what we want to know, what we want to explore, does, does that mean, is Jesus here talking to believers and saying, look, as a believer, you may get to heaven, but unless you're doing the right things for the right reasons, you're not going to get a reward in heaven, or your reward is not going to be as great. Is, is that what he means? Okay. Or does he mean this idea of reward in heaven is a metaphor, okay, least in the kingdom. Um, does that mean someone is actually least in the kingdom? Or does that mean that they're not a part of the kingdom? And that being in the kingdom is a reward in itself, right? And so does this idea of not receiving reward, is that denoting those who are already in the kingdom, but their reward is not as great? Or is it a metaphor for the idea that um, that person will not be a part of the kingdom, okay, if, if that makes sense. That's an important distinction, okay? Um, and my guess is, okay, and again, I reserve the right to come tomorrow and say I'm at a different place, but, but my presupposition going in is that Jesus is not talking about tiers of believers in heaven. Some have big rewards, some have small rewards, okay? I'm not saying it can't be that, I'm just not sure that's what he's referring to here. I think this idea of reward in heaven is to denote the idea of those who are in the kingdom, that is the reward, Jesus, those who are not a part of the kingdom. And if someone spends all of their life doing, quote unquote, the right things for the wrong reasons, that shows that there is a corruption of the heart. 
that shows that there is a lack of transformation of the inner being of the inner person and thus showing that that person is not fit for the kingdom. That person has not been transformed for the kingdom. There has not been a faith in Jesus to enter the kingdom. That's my educated guess, but I reserve the right to be wrong. Explore that for yourself in your own commentary. Um, explore that for yourself in um, in your study Bibles. Okay, but that's something I wanna I wanna learn more about. Okay, now as it relates to this idea of giving, obviously when you look at the Old Testament, um, giving was a massive part of worship. Okay, so it wasn't like there was worship. You come and sing and hear the teaching from God's word, and that there was this optional add-on piece about whether to give money. Okay. That, that was not how, how giving works in the Old Testament. Giving was an act of worship. It was a part of what you did. It's part of what you brought. It's a part of who you are. It was, um, it, it, it was to symbolize that God doesn't just have the, the, the spiritual side of my life. He has all of my life, all of my possessions, all of my, all of my things. And of course, this giving... Um, people would give as part of their of their offering in the temple would go to support the ministries of the temple. Um, sometimes it would be um, it would go to be a portion to to those who were in need in the community of Israel. And so this is when Jesus says, "Thus, when you give to the needy, that that's that's what he's re referring to." Okay, so so again, there's a claim on the whole part of the believer to think about giving as an act or a life of worship. Now, what Jesus is warning here, again, he, Jesus is just assuming we give, right? This is not if you give, right? This is when you give. So it's an assumption that giving is a part of the natural order um, or the discipline of the Christian life. Jesus has a warning here. Sound no trumpet before you. In other words, sometimes in that... And what would happen in the Pharisaical tradition, okay, so with the pomp and the circumstance, there would be a big show, there would be a big announcement, there would be a big drawing of attention to oneself um, as one would give. And in fact, the reason that one was giving was in order to be seen by men, in order to be affirmed and rewarded. And here's, what's, here's what Jesus says that's very interesting about this. He says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. There is a there is an earthly benefit. There is an earthly payoff for doing our righteousness before men. People may like us. People may affirm us. People may be drawn to us. People may be endeared to us. People may say nice things about us or applaud us or what have you. And Jesus says, that's very real. But what are we to counter that with? What, 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 what's even greater than a reward on earth? Well, of course, the reward of heaven. And so what Jesus is saying here, when he says, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, some people have taken that to mean, well, people shouldn't know what we give, or we shouldn't talk about our giving with one another, or um, you know, that's something secret, that's something um, to, to be disclosed only between me and God. Well, it's not what Jesus means here exactly. Remember, generosity or giving is a spiritual gift, okay? And that 
just like any other area of our life, we have to be accountable, not just for our prayer life or Bible reading or what have you, but accountable for our, our giving. It's a spiritual discipline. It's very um, appropriate to ask one another uh, about this discipline in our lives. It's very um, appropriate to, to encourage and exhort one another in, this area, in these areas of our life, right? So it doesn't mean we don't, we, we don't talk about it, okay? It's just that we don't talk about it in order to be praised by men. We don't talk about it in, other to be in, in, in order to be rewarded by men. If we're talking about it, it's to help spur us on to love and good deeds or to encourage other people. So sometimes we, for the glory of God, so sometimes we might, for example, on a Sunday morning or otherwise, highlight someone's generosity. Okay. And I don't mean just financially, but it could be of their time or their resources or their gifts or, or whatever it happens to be, not because we're just wanting to bring glory and honor to them, um, but because we're wanting them to be a model for the rest of the church, for the rest of us to, to follow. Okay. Now, if we were doing this in order um, to to honor someone in a way that brings glory to them versus to God, that wouldn't be right, okay? But this is simply to say a way I think this text can be misunderstood, but the primary emphasis here, again, is Jesus assumes that people of the kingdom will be generous. He just assumes that they'll be generous in their giving to their church, in their, in their organic giving to individuals, their generosity of life, not just with their money, but certainly not less than that, but with their time, their gifts, their talents, their, their resources. And this is what people of the kingdom do. Why? Not to receive their reward from, from men, but to acknowledge that they have had hearts transformed by the grace of God. All right, so that's giving to the needy. Tomorrow, we're going to talk about prayer. Let's pray. Lord, um, we really want to have generous hearts not in order to be praised by men, but in order to bring honor and glory to you, to see needs provided for in the kingdom of God, to see the mission of the gospel go forth. So Lord, let us not separate, bifurcate um, these the, the spiritual from the material in our lives. Lord, all of it is, is lived out in a life of worship and honor and glory to you. So Lord, um, work in our hearts in this way. We commit our day to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks everybody.